Kenneth Clifford, thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much, Alex. It's good to be with you. Kenneth, when I, uh, I put your name in on YouTube after a recommendation through somebody else to, to speak to you, um, there's a lot of course in miracles uh, uh, content online uh, and your face shows up a lot. For people who don't know what Course in Miracles is, can you sort of expand on that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Well, a Course in Miracles is a non-dual pathway back to God, really. And um, it is part of the universal curriculum. It is a way to remember who you are. <clears throat> and so <clears throat> A Course in Miracles is a text, is a workbook, and is a manual for teachers. And the manual is really like to navigate through um, the ego mind um, to remember yourself. And so the main principle is really forgiveness. Um, and forgiveness means, um, in terms of A Course in Miracles, um, forgiving what never happened. Um, and so basically it's teaching that like what we're perceiving is not real. Our perception, the lens of um, what we see with the five senses is not the truth um, and so we basically need to clean that lens and so through a course in miracles it has workbook lessons and so for example the first lesson is nothing I see means anything because I'm just giving meaning to it so everything is a representation of my own mind so it's basically the projection of yourself and so that's why, like, you know, we know that when we have difficulties, when we're having a happy day, everyone seems to be happy around us. When we're annoyed, upset, everything um, seems to be um, correlating to that. And so we learn, okay, this is the projection in my own mind. And so this is not who I really am. And there's something far greater and far deeper as to the truth of what I, I actually am. And so in that sense, it's just coming back to yourself. And so it's a very, very practical step by step. Each day you have a um, daily lesson really to just consistently change your perception to a state of peace. And so the same with, with all, all, all pathways, it's really to remember that you're dreaming. So uh, in part of the manual for teachers, it says um, the function of God's teachers is to um, remember um, that you are dreaming, that you are the dreamer of the dream, and that it's not actually happening to you. So that sort of sums up really where it's all heading. So, so nothing's happening to you, you are dreaming it. Yeah, exactly. Mm, so yeah. Uh, a lot of questions would come up at that point for let's, for the lack of a better term, call it the average mind. That would say, um, if you look at worldly events, for example, uh, some of the atrocities that are going on, would you? How would you respond to those people who would suggest that that is not being dreamed up by them and the collective mind? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a section in the Course in Miracles, and it's called the War Against Yourself. Yeah, and in actual fact, it's what we don't want to look at. We don't want to look at our disturbances in our mind. Mm. So then we project out these disturbances seemingly um, into the world, and that keeps us actually from knowing ourselves. So, for example, war, um, sickness, illness, everything is just being completely and utterly projected out. 
And that keeps us actually as a victim of the world that we see. And so if we can take it back and start to look at really where the conflict is, is within us. Because really everyone, if you ask everyone, they say to, they say to us, what do you want from your life? And they say, I want to be happy. Yeah. Everyone wants that for their children and whatever. The majority of people say that. But in actual fact, to really do that, you have to really, really look at where you're not happy, yeah? And so we think about, like, for example, like with the war, yeah? Look at how many times we've been in conflict with people, how we've been um, um, unkind, yeah? This is, this is the perpetuation of the guilt within our own minds, and so it's seek not to change the world, seek to change your mind about the world. And so all I can do is I can take back all of the projections in my mind, yeah? So I can clear um, my mind to see um, a happy world. Whereas often what we do is, is we want to blame. We want to, for example, blame others. We blame countries. Um, and really underneath everything is a call for love. Like I was thinking about this the other day with, for example, we've got Ukraine and we've got um, Russia, yeah? And there seems to be a conflict between two opposing countries, yeah? But as we know with all conflicts, that really underneath the majority of things is everyone wants the same thing, yeah? Everybody actually wants peace, yeah? Because it's coming from fear. It's all being generated from fear and somehow, they might attack us, so we need, to, we need to attack them. And we actually know that that doesn't work, right? So we have to look at, like, what is underneath all that? So everything really is calling for love. And in that sense, when you really look at it, right, both sides are really calling for love and both sides are calling for peace. But when we put our minds into wanting to see the conflict, that's exactly what we see. But if we want to change our mind and see it as a call for love, then that's how we can change our perception about the world. Mm. And you mentioned the, at the beginning there that it, that uh, <clears throat> a course in miracles is, uh, I think, to phrase, uh, paraphrase you here, non-dualism back to God. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the seeming happenings going on in the world today, would that not be perceived to someone who has uh, maybe expanded themselves to non-dualism? Yeah. Wouldn't that be a reflection of God anyway? So there's nothing to actually change. Exactly. Yeah, there's nothing to change here. That's it. Yeah. So, 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 so you said you said like uh, to make a happier world. For what purpose make a happier world uh, without trying to sound nihilistic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that that the happiness is in your mind. Mm. Yeah. So it's not really the world will not change yet, but your mind will change about the world. Yeah. So, for example, like when you see conflict, you realize that it's not what it is. It's, it's purely a call for love, yeah? And it is love. And everything is the same because it's actually a dream. And so from that perspective, it's like watching the TV, yeah, in, in, in that sense. So it's like watching a soap opera, for example. And we know with soap operas, there's so many dramas, yeah? But then after watching it, we don't go, oh, my God, that was my life. That is a complete trauma. What the hell is going on? We we see it as um, a picture, and we and we move on. And in that sense, in a way, um, a course in miracles teaches that's what the happy dream is. That you actually pass everything by. You see it for the nothingness of what it is, rather than focusing on it 
as if it's actually happening. Mm. It's very, uh, it's seemingly quite Eastern, Eastern mysticism. It very much is what you're talking. It yeah. seems that way. Um, yeah. I've had people say to me in the past, have you done this based on how I'm communicating? And I've never touched A Course in Miracles. I, I mean, I've re- read a lot of di- Dr. David Hawkins who mentions A Course in Miracles quite yeah. a bit. But um, people have said to me in the past, you sound like you've done Course in Miracles. I've, said, I've never picked up a book in my life. Of course, I've got no idea what you're talking about, to be honest. Yeah. But when, when I, I've, I've listened to you uh, uh, for a few hours and everything, before this uh, podcast and um, a lot of it seems to me Hinduism and Buddhism with a few uh, maybe Western tweaks here and there, but that's sort of all uh, it seems to me that, that that's what's being said. And that's a good, to me, that's a good thing, not a negative yeah. thing. Um, yeah. But would you, would you agree that it's took a lot of Eastern principles and sort of, you know, made it into a Western idea? Um, I'm not sure on that, <laughs> if I'm being honest. I, th- I think that really what it is, is it's like for certain minds, yeah, mm. like they will be able to hear the message um, in a way that can um, unlock them from the illusion. Mm. And so as, as, as I said in the beginning, it's a part of the curriculum so, for example, with like um, Aveda Vedanta, um, say Ramana Maharaji, just to ask, who am I? Mm. Um, that is, it's, it's the self-inquiry. And from that, there is the, that, that, that is the practice, yeah? And so this is just simply another practice, yeah? But of course, everything is leading um, to that one point of self-realization, um, so it's in a way, it's just like another pathway um, up the mountain, mm. and of course, from that, um, there are going to be um, similarities because it's just taking you back to oneness. Yeah. 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 So you and, said uh, you said the word truth earlier, Kenneth. Yeah. Very difficult. I appreciate. Could you, can you define that? I don't. Truth. Can you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Can you define truth? Yeah, truth is truth is oneness. Truth is God. Um, truth is all encompassing. Um, it's um, ultimate reality. It is the um, encompassing of everything. Um, holism, in a way, you could call it. That is the absolute truth. Okay, because when I, I speak to people, the, people seem to have different definitions of it. So when the word comes up, it's. Uh, it's like, okay, yeah, that we're dealing with that right now. Whereas sometimes people talk to me that was absolute. Whereas a lot of people talk about it relatively. They'll say that's the truth, as in a certain specific yeah. thing. Yeah, I think the conversation can get a bit uh, lost yeah. when we're talking relatively in that context. Exactly. So it's like, well, a course in miracles actually clears that up because you know we have the. We, a lot of people say, well, that's your truth. Mm. And this is my truth, yeah, right? And it's like, well, only truth can be true, right? And so in, in A Course in Miracles, it says, um, to believe that there are other truths is actually chaos. There can only ever be one truth. And so when I looked into spirituality and the experiences came, right, what I saw was that all of them were pointing to oneness and unconditional love. And I thought, wow, this is really interesting that so many 
um, nationalities, countries, religions, underneath the whole thing is pointing to this unconditional love and this oneness. And so that felt like something that I wanted to um, explore for my life. And so ultimately, that is the ultimate reality of where, where, where we are going, to see that there is no separation. Mm. Do you know what uh, also comes up in my own mind? Um, so for a bit of context, a lot of the stuff I do here is like a side project for my, my main work and everything. <laughs> it's my own purification process. So talking for people like yourself and others, they yeah. seem to rip apart conditioning, which is what I'm doing it for. It's my own drive yeah. towards truth. Like. Yeah. Um, and what I can't remember what you said now. You said something. I was going to. It's true. Yeah, only the truth is true. I think it was love. I think that was the what you were saying. Unconditional love. Yeah. Yeah, unconditional love. Because I think we've also lost that what that actually means. We've got the Hollywood love again, the relative love, like I love you as a person, I love my dog and blah, blah, blah. Whereas to me, that's something far more encompassing. It's like uh, a connection and the uh, between everything. That's what love is to me. Exactly. Would, you, would you consider that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, in The Course in Miracles, it states a very line, it says love is oneness, yeah. And as you said, it is all encompassing um, and it is completely and utterly one. So it doesn't separate itself off to certain things like what we do in the world, you know. Okay, I love, I love my family. They're high up on the list. I love my friends. They're high up on the list. My work friends, yeah, uh, I, I, I like them. <laughs> Yeah, um, and then everyone else is um, not so important, but it's like that is then the separation being acted out again. Mm. Um, and so the idea is, is of course, it's like the ego cannot do that. And so it's like, in a way, it's like a prayer. It's like, okay, for me, that's what happened to me, really. It was like a prayer. It was like, wow, they're all talking about this unconditional love. I have absolutely no idea what that even means or how <laughs> we can achieve that. But it sounds like pretty amazing, really. So why not um, set my life up to experience this unconditional love for everything and everyone? And so I felt like that that is my prayer and that still is my prayer um, to this day. What what happened in your life? I know it's just a story of the mind and everything, but what happened in your life? To was there like a turning point, or was it a gradual progression? Uh, I think there were many turning points. I think um, it was like hitting rock bottom in a way for me. Um, so it seemed like um, rejection after rejection, and a sort of final one was. Um, having a child and then finding out the child wasn't mine. Um, and then that was just completely um, destroyed me, really. Um, and then from that point, I just felt this complete darkness inside of me. Like there was like really like nothing to sort of like live for. Like I just felt so empty, so hurt, so much pain. The pain was just like unbearable. And so at that point, it was like, wow, this is my darkest point. And it's really funny, the words that I use, because I was not into anything like this whatsoever. And I thought to myself, wow, this is like got to be the darkest point of my life. I feel so angry. I feel so hurt. Um, like, 
to move in this darkness would be really, really easy and simple. And something said in my mind, but I love a challenge, yeah? And I thought, well, I've gone to the darkness. What about if I turn around and see if I can find the light? And that was my words. And I wasn't into anything spiritual at the time. And I thought, okay, I'm going to try and find out what this is all about. And then from that, it was almost like I turned around and then I had to face everything um, head on, which of course I still am, still am doing that. Mm. <laughs> but that was one of the, that was really one of the huge shifts I've seen um, that happened. And then slowly from that, um, experiences started to come, which I couldn't describe. And um, so, yeah, that came really before the spiritual, really, before spirituality. It was sort of people talked about it to me and I pushed it away. I didn't, I didn't believe in it. And then um, it was literally when I was, walk I was walking the countryside and then just the birds just flew from the tree, but it was as if I like locked into them. And like, I was like flying with them in a way, like there's that experience of being together. And my vision completely changed. And I watched the birds fly almost like as if for the very first time. And it was absolutely incredible. And then my mind just went back to normal. And I was like, my goodness, what, what's just happened to me? And because I was studying um, psychotherapy at the time, I thought, wow, I really need to look into this because what is this? Mm. And then I found out it's like, oh, okay, that's like a mystical experience. And then from that, that's how the exploration began. Do you think suffering there, therefore, based on that as well, suffering is like a precursor a lot of the time to, yeah. if for the lack of a better term, spirituality? Well, yeah, I think it can be actually because it's like, if we're cruising along in this world, yeah, we think, oh, everything, everything's, everything's good, yeah? But it's like, for me, it's like it's always been ups and downs. There's good, there's good days, and there's bad days, there's average days. But it's like, really, is this what life's all about? And I guess somewhere in my heart, I was calling for something um, deeper um, than that. And then it was like, when that sort of opening happened, um, that helped for the shift. But I do believe that, yeah, often it comes through that suffering because, like, it's like I, I, I'm in despair and now I need a real answer, you know, like the truth in a way. It's like when we really call upon something to be real, like I need to escape from my dilemma, then things start to happen. So it does seem that way, yeah, but it doesn't have to be. I mean, in A Course in Miracles, it's like in a way he teaches, he says, actually suffering is optional. Um, it is a choice. We are choosing to suffer. Um, and it doesn't have to be that way. So in our awakening journey, yeah, it's like the ego comes along on the awakening journey um, and says, this is going to be suffering and sacrifice. And the Course in Miracles says this need not be, but it often will be seen as suffering and sacrifice because we're actually addicted to it. Mm. You were addicted to the suffering. For sure. I mean, now, like my awareness of it, it's like I'm, it's an addiction to guilt, to being guilty. And I saw, and for example, like with me, like I, I used to take a lot of drugs and drink. And then what I saw was, is that once I gave up the actual um, guilt, the perpetuation of guilt, I stopped absolutely everything and never did it again. And it was like, my God, it wasn't the drugs. It wasn't the drinking. I was actually addicted to guilt. 
And that just like blew my mind apart. <laughs> mm. So how, how, what, what would you suggest to people who might be listening to this, who you've triggered something in their mind there? Uh, yeah. Maybe they've got perpetual guilt. They might have children. I know a lot of women suffer from that when they, they leave yeah. the kids at nursery and whatever, they feel guilty. What would you suggest to people like that? Yeah, I would say just really, really look at it. Yeah, I would say what we do is we're frightened of these emotions, yeah, and we're always trying to distract ourselves away from them. You know, guilt. Oh my God, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to see that. Because the thing is, is when you start to look, you'll actually see something different that's underneath it. Yeah. So, for example, like what you're talking about, the mother, like, oh no, I've now got to work, and I've got to drop my toddler to the play school, and they are not enjoying it so much I feel so much guilt but it's like when you really look inside like about your guilt it's often something that's lacking inside of you yeah and it's like really all of the answers are inside of you so it's like you can just like look on it without judgment yeah that is that that is the key is just to experience what you're experiencing without judging yourself and from that like answers will come like a deeper intuition and that will give you more insight but with the ego, the ego just wants to keep it on the surface and be, you're a guilty mother, you're doing something wrong, um, you haven't got enough money, so you've got, to, you've got to work so hard to do this, and now your kid is suffering, and it just keeps perpetuating the story. But it's like when you really, really look um, um, in a way with the spirit, with the true self, we can call it, when we really, really look at what's happening and we say, please give me a new interpretation of this, yeah, let me see this for what it for, for what it truly is. Then, then um, answers will come, and equally, it will it will um, dissipate. Mm. And so, really, um, also a part a part of that is it's like okay, I'm addicted to this guilt. I need to see it. But then, really, it's like well, what is the antidote? And it's like what we talked about: unconditional love, peace, for example. It's like, well, I really want to be. I really, really want to be at peace with this. And I really want to see this is for the greater good. Yes, it's it's profound. And I think that it's not just guilt, is it? It's anger and frustration and apathy and all these other feelings. Exactly. Um, uh, are you aware of uh, Dr. David Hawkins? I talk about him quite a bit. Yeah, I, I am aware of him, but I don't know much about his teachings. Okay. Well, he, he just mentioned A Course in Miracles quite a bit. He, he, he created the map of consciousness or adapted it from naught to a thousand and there's different mm -hmm. levels. And, and, and he, he talks about the levels below 200, uh, which is courage, which is sort of the step into um, positive states, if you like, and then yeah. below 200 is negative states and you have guilt, yeah. apathy, all these different desire and all these different things and uh, pride. So what you're saying there, he also wrote a book called Letting Go, uh, mm. which is just surrendering all these things, feeling them as intensely as you can, being aware of yeah. them, and just put it, as you say, just uh, stop judging them, let them be there, and then over a matter of time, it seems to, well, dissipate, I think, uh, from my own experience. They just don't, it's not that these, these feelings don't necessarily arrive, to me at least, every now and again, but it's, it's, there's no identity with that arising exactly mm. Let, you said you were a psychotherapist do you think yeah. that has played a role in anything in your life in terms of what uh, you're doing now 
for sure. I think it really helped me look at my mind, yeah? Mm. So as I said, when I was in my darkest moments, I ended up getting a therapist and I really loved it and it really, really helped me um, to express how I was truly feeling because I was I was shut down in a way. I would say I was desensitised, um, I was traumatised, um, I was severely anxious, I couldn't... Um, I, I found it very hard to meet new people um, without being anxious and basically frightened, but putting on a mask as if I was good. Um, <laughs> and so from that, that was basically the starting of the dislodging of that. And I actually thought that would never go away. I never, I never thought that I could not be without anxiety. And yeah, from that, 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 that all started to dissipate, as you said, through, through consistently um, looking at it. So, yeah, for sure, it, it, it brought me to the spiritual. In actual fact, I was sharing with a friend, um, when I studied as a psychotherapist, um, I then had to um, get therapists again. So I ended up having a therapist for like seven years, and I ended up having two different therapists. Um, they, were both, they were both women. And I changed to the, the, the final therapist. And so we were just going over and over and over again, all of the stories and everything like that, what was in my mind, I was doing the training. And so it was much, much more um, practical. So we would sit in groups, all of our thoughts, and that was helping me to expose basically the, the ego of how terrible I thought I was. Um, and from that, that was, that was, um, that was, that was, that was, that was deeply healing, um, mm. to say the least. And from the end of the therapy, as, as, as I said, I shared with a friend the other day, one of my realisations was, is the more and more I shared, it was like the more and more I was obviously removing myself away from the story. And in one of the final sessions, I turned around to her and I said to her, do you know what? I think I'm making the whole thing up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, and it was like at the time, I didn't actually realise what I was saying. Yeah. Mm, mm. I thought, I think I'm making this whole thing up. And then shortly after that, really, that's how the more spiritual things started to come in and say, well, actually, yeah, you are just generating a story about yourself and it's not who you are. Mm. I think that's the real epidemic. Yeah. Is our own ego in, in, the, in the negative sense of the word, I suppose I could label it as, but... What importance is, do you think, is ego development in the sense of social intelligence and, uh, you know, emotional intelligence and that sort of thing? Because ego, particularly in the spiritual communities, it seems that ego gets like some bad rap and, uh, you know, and it's awful, get rid of it and whatever. But is that necessarily the right thing to do when, you know, if you, if you didn't have an ego, you and I wouldn't be able to communicate, would we, in this sense? Or would you suppose that, um, it's all an illusion anyway, and this is merely just happening. Yeah. Well, the ego has no um, benefit to us whatsoever. Um, and it is just the perpetuation of guilt, fear, anger, um, and it will do... Have you, have you seen the movie Revolver? Remind me who's in it. Um, it's... Um, Stratton, um, Jason Stratton. It's a uh, Guy Ritchie movie. Um, where, no, uh, no, I haven't. No, you haven't seen that. I highly recommend seeing that. 
um, you'll, you'll love it, yeah? And it's basically, he goes into the ele elevator scene and basically he's fearful of elevators and the it's like he's um, he sees himself, but it's as the ego character and the ego is basically trying to generate fear, fear me, fear me, I'm your friend, I'm your friend. And really that is just the perpetuation of all the, all, all the hurt, all the guilt, all the anger. And really it's underneath it all, it's a complete and utter death wish. And it doesn't want us to know that there is something else. And from that movie, actual fact, it's like um, they have um, a load of psychologists come on and they say the ego will do anything to keep its um, identity intact. It will steal, it will cheat, it will lie. And so really that is what's causing us all of the problems. And so in that sense, like what we've just been talking about, it's not to focus on killing the ego or anything like that. It's just simply like what you were saying about how you released yourself. It's like seeing these things in our mind. It's like seeing this guilt, seeing this self-hatred, allowing the unconscious thoughts to come to, the, come to our mind and see how they're actually serving us. Mm -hmm. Because when we actually truly go, go, go within, you will start to see that. So in a way, that is like a beautiful prayer to say, okay, so like with everybody that's listening, is to say, well, I want to know how to experience this. Then what I would say, I would say, well, just allow yourself to allow your unconscious mind come to the surface and say, whatever that might be, my anger, my hate, my guilt, whatever it is, just allow it to be, to, to be shown to me. And from that, to just look at it. And really, then what we want to look at is like, I want to make myself guilty. I want to make others guilty. Yeah, you, you start to see it. And then it's like, how is this serving me? Well, it's, it's, it's not serving me. What would I be without, without, without these thoughts? And so by allowing them up into awareness and seeing them for what they are, we can completely release them. So it's almost, it's, 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 it's like a hot potato in a way. It's like if someone throws a hot potato to you, you just, you just, you just drop it straight away. Yeah, and in, and in a way, that's like what the ego is. But somehow we feel like it, it's, it's telling us, I am your friend, yeah? But when you really start to look at it, um, our unworthiness, for example, you know, something we don't talk about, we try and build up a sense of self. And, um, but underneath it all is like unworthiness. And so we have to look at where we feel unworthy so we can release that. So what value do you think psychology has in the world then? Because we have never had so many psychologists and yet the, seemingly we've never had so many mental health issues and, and things like this. So do you think that there's uh, uh, something inherently um, not wrong, but uh, flawed in the way we're currently doing things? Well, I think everything's, I think er in actual fact, everything's going right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I had this experience, yeah. I was living in a, I was living in a spiritual community. It's called Living Miracles um, with my friend David Hoffmeister. And um, because I wasn't from Mexico, we would have to leave the country and come back in. And so this was in Mexico, and I go over to um, go over to San Diego. I cross the border, and I can come back. I can come back in for another six months. So anyway, I'm used to being in this community, yeah, not many distractions, it's, it's, it's much, much more quiet. 
And then all of a sudden I go out and now I'm in the middle of San Diego. And my prayer was, just let me see all of my judgments, yeah? Mm. And all of a sudden I'm now in the middle of America and I see everyone rushing around, cars everywhere. And I'm like, where is everyone going? And so all of my attack thoughts start to come up. There's people gossiping. Oh, and there's me. God, why are they doing that? There's these businessmen arguing over whatever this business deal. And there's, oh, this is so, this is so pointless, yeah? There's um, people running with their pushchairs, yeah? Like, my God, where are they going? What, what is so important? People running through red lights, people running across the road. It's completely and utterly chaotic. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I'm just looking at all of these judges. I'm just like, wow, there's just like so many judgments in my mind. Like, so eventually I've had enough of this yet. And I sit down and I sit in a coffee shop and I'm sat outside by the main road. And I, I basically pray and I say, I need help. Like, what is going on here? Like, give me a new interpretation. And it was absolutely beautiful. And I heard in my mind, it said, everyone is going in the right direction. And I was just like, oh my God, no, they need to get through that red light. No, that seeming gossiping needs to happen. It needs to be um, exposed, you know. Everyone is doing their best. Everything is working together for good. And so the same as like with, 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 with everything, everything can be used for the ego, but equally everything can be used for the spirit. And it's like there's the, the, the ego is calling us to, 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 to death, but equally there's the part of us that's, that, that's, that's, wanting, that's wanting the truth. And so if we really keep looking for that, for example, as you, what you're talking about with, 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 with psychotherapy, that was an inroad for me to get in touch with my emotions because I was completely desensitized. And from that, then I, my mind was able to expand into um, a, a deepening of myself. And so everyone really has their own curriculum. You know, like we know that through like sports people who say, I'm running and I'm in the flow and I've completely lost sense of myself and I'm not running, but the running is doing it all by itself. And it's like, oh my God, that's incredible. But they wouldn't say that that was a spiritual experience. And yet we would say, well, that would be spiritual. Or, for example, like people will just all of a sudden write so many things will just like come through them in a way like a channel. And then the person says, well, I never wrote it. I have no idea where these, wor where these words come from. Um, and so it's like, for, for, for all of us, there's like an individual way. It might be dancing, for example. You know, we notice that when you watch two people dance mm. together, incredibly, you just watch it. I just, I just love seeing that. And I'm just like, wow, they are just moving completely as like one body. And it's just like so beautiful. So all of us seemingly, while we find ourselves here, have this expression that wants to come through us. And that expression is actually joy, peace, and love. And really, we've just forgotten that that is what we are. And so it's like a, a good prayer would be, okay, show me what is for my greater good. Show me what's for my greater good. I don't know. And then slowly from that, um, the, the journey will start to unravel itself for your greater good. 
But often when we're following the ego, it's always my life's a misery, my life's terrible. And then you're going to get the reflection of that. But from this, it's like, okay, what is for my greater good? Show me what it is so I can release myself from the misery that I made. Yeah. Yes, very well said, Hans. It's a, a good story, a good allegory as well for for other people, I think, who can... Who can um, I say to people quite often, it's like, have you ever known anything go wrong with time? Like, if you just give everything a matter of time, everything works out all the time. Exactly. And there's, uh, there's very few people I, I consider who can actually get that at the time. But then yeah. in hindsight, it's like, ah, you know what? Yeah, that, the worst of times was always the best of times Yeah. when you actually look back at them. But it's very difficult in that moment to notice when you're in the midst of chaos um, that, yeah, that, that, that's such a benefit to, to the individual. But you've, um, have you done psychedelics, Kenneth? Uh, yeah, I've done psychedelics, yeah. Do you, have you done, because you mentioned something triggered my, I've done ayahuasca a few times, something triggered my uh, ayahuasca experience there when you said like, um, when you were sitting in the cafe, and that what come to you was something like uh, everything is going, everyone is going in the right direction. I've had that experience countless times, to be fair, that like a pattern that was going on in my mind on ayahuasca. So I know exactly what that feels like and the overwhelm that comes with it, that there isn't a hair out of place in the entire cosmos. Um, so psychedelics, do you think they play can play a role in people's uh awakening oh, I, th- I think any- i think anything can play a role <laughs> yeah mm. it's, it's really it's really what the mind's asking for you know um it's like nothing actually can affect you in this world we just believe that it affects us yeah mm. and that's really the the issue so in a, in a sense it's like it's not actually the psychedelics that are actually doing anything it's just the mind that is ready to see whatever it wants to see, yeah? And so, of course, that might be um, someone's um, pathway, um, yeah, through psychedelics. Um, And I guess that's what we're doing. We're all finding um, the way that is for us. And so, for example, the Course in Miracles just sang to my my mind, and equally it's not to dismiss anything. I think really it comes down to being guided, inside when you tap more into intuition you know like for example for me like i noticed that um i would live in fear and i would always be like following what was fearful for me um and i was addicted to that and then it was like okay maybe i need to go back in my mind and start to feel what is good for me and then from that things may come so it's never ever to dismiss anything it might be presented to yourself. Hey, there's an ayahuasca experience. Then, if that's what you feel guided to do, but equally, that's a sort of like inner listening for yourself. Um, you know, it's not it's 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 not something just to be um, to be used um, as some sort of recreation or whatever, but mm. to be used as a higher purpose. Then, yeah, I feel like anything can be used. Mm. At the beginning of this conversation, you you said. There was no meaning to something, the world, there was no meaning to the external reality. So I'm going to take from that that you perceive external reality itself to be completely meaningless because you've dreamed it up. 
Would that be correct? Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, in that sense, yeah. It's meaningless because it's separation, because we see separate things. We see it all as separate. And so true meaning is like unified perception. And so really it's like um, our, we could say our, our, our job is to unify perception. And from unifying perception, then we will start to find out who we are. But all the time we're seeing things as separate and outside of ourselves. That's actually where uh, we live in hell, mm. in our own mind. Yeah. Because yeah. if we saw each other together, there would be no conflict, would there? If you realised that everything was you, conflict would be completely mm. in your own mind. It's all you, I think, conflicting with itself. <laughs> and the conflict is there's something outside of me causing something to me. Yeah, yeah. And... I think I can speak from experience here. I, I, I hear that and I've experienced that uh, sporadically, experientially, but I'm conscious of merely using words to just uh, say that that's happening when so, it isn't. It's just a... Exactly. I, I can uh, mentally know that that's a reality, but experientially you don't... I, uh, I don't live that here talking to you i don't feel that uh, yeah. you know oneness and everything I, I i know it sort of in knowledge wise but right now sitting here there isn't an experiential reality of it exactly well that's that that's what the unraveling is all about and that's the wonderful thing so it's like in a way how i see it it's like that's the pointer it's like okay mm. I'm, I'm i'm here and there's oneness mm. wow that's incredible and this is this beautiful experience. Wow, okay, so this is where um, I want to be seemingly going. So it seems like there's a, there's a distance between it. Okay then, so then my answer becomes, okay, how do I get there? That's, that's, what, I'm, that's what I need to know, yeah? And so for A Course in Miracles, it's a lesson every day to undo your separate um, perception mm. so you can see this oneness. And like what we've talked about today, Okay, then I just have to look at my I have to look at my mind and see where I see the separation as what you're doing. So in a sense, it seems to be an unraveling of letting go of these emotions, um, mm. the story, the concepts. And it's just every time, please show me that this isn't who me who, who I am. Please show me the truth of who I am. And so from the desire, in a way, really it all comes down to desire. And so right now, you and I can just join in that and say, I join you completely in that. In fact, it's like, that's what I want. That is my deepest desire to be in that constancy of um, oneness that is, that, that is promised. And so whatever it's going to take, I open myself up to experience that. Do you think that as a concept can get in the way of the experience? I think for me, well, it can be if you just see it as an intellectual um, idea. But then as you were saying, like you want to an experience. So all the time for me, it's like, show me the experience. Show me what it is. And as you know, through going on this journey, every day there'll be some sort of blocks that come up in our mind. And then it's like, okay, here's my answer to let this go, yeah? So it's like, it's not rocket science in that sense, you know. It's like every day is our curriculum and every day is a possibility whereby we might be able to um, break free and see this oneness. So it's like then every day becomes a blessing for that. 
So that's how I um, want to see each day. Today mm. is a day whereby I will remember myself. Mm. And but I want that as a direct experience, not as something that I've read. Yeah, yeah, that's that's well put. Very well put. Also, trauma. Uh, we mentioned suffering earlier, but trauma. Do you perceive that to be uh, purely a mental thing, or do you think that could be somatic and that needs to like leave the body? Yeah, uh, it's purely mental. It's okay. all being generated in the mind, so it's projected out. So, like everything that seems to happen to us, we ask for and receive as we have asked. So it's like the projection goes out and then it comes to us. You know, like what I was talking about um, at the beginning, it's like, oh, I'm feeling really angry. And then you go out of your house and then you go into the shop and the person's being angry with you. And you're like, oh, that person was so angry. But it's generated in the mind. The anger was projected out and then it's um, brought, brought back to us. Mm-hmm. And so it's like it always comes from our thoughts, our desires and our beliefs. And that's where we've got to change our minds. So it's actually mental and then it's projected onto the body as if, as if it's real. Mm. And I've spoke to a few people who talk about non-dualism. Uh, I don't over-conceptualise it, to be honest, but they, they, I asked them about free will and um, a couple of them laugh at me because obviously the same questions come up all the time. But... Um, Another couple of them have said basically, no, there is no free will. Um, but also it's the, obviously the opposite of free will is determinism. There is also no determinism. So where do you stand on? Because you've said we need to clear our own minds. We need to purify our thinking and everything, yeah. our mental state. If we have no free will, that's completely out of our hands. Yeah. That's what comes up to me. So I'm going to, so I'm going to assume that you believe that we have some sense of free will. Well, it's the seeming. It's the seeming that we do. It's seeming that we have the free will. So, but inherently. Yeah, it seems that way. Mm. Yeah, that's the, that that's that's the sort of joke. It's like every every everything is waiting for us, and we're playing small, basically. You know, and we're pretending that we have these issues and these problems. Yeah, and they're not actually real. And we're just playing a game of like, I've got free will. Yeah, I've or, I've offered myself and I've got all these problems that I'm going to overcome. And the truth is saying they're already done. <laughs> yeah, like, there's nothing out. As you said, you had the experience that there's nothing out of place. Mm. And it's like there's actually nothing out of place, but I'm pretending that I've got free will and I'm pretending that I'm on a journey unravelling. And that's the absolute cosmic joke that I believe that to be real. Mm. And so, but we have to work with where we're at, don't we? That's the whole point. We can't just then deny that. I can't say, okay, I'm just going to deny all this. This isn't happening, right? I have to say, okay, this is where I believe myself to be. And then each day it seems to be an unraveling until my desire is actually high enough for the truth. But right now it's like, there's something obviously in the mind that is saying, no, stay in this um, illusion of yourself rather than wanting to see the truth. So in some respects, it's just strengthening our desire for this um, oneness. Mm, yeah, it's a good point. Um, your work life, 
making a living in the world. Do, do, do you like, you know, when you had your, let's call it an awakening, I don't know what to call it. Did you stop doing what you were doing or did you just change the way you were doing what you were doing? Yeah. So basically what happened was, is, um, yeah, I had, I had this experience of um, the unconditional love um, just emanating and it was just absolutely incredible um, that the prayer had been answered and I was like, wow, I am handing my life over completely to this. Like, I need to share this with the world. Oh, my goodness me, everybody needs to experience that. And I kind of didn't realise what I was getting myself in for. At the time, I was like, oh, my God, I've made it. I'm, I'm, free. I'm free. I thought I was free. I was like, I'm free. And so in that moment, I handed over my life to God and I said, God, you are, you, I am yours. Um, I will do whatever it takes for you. And he said, very, very good. Now the real work begins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And so, yeah, as you said, I had a psychotherapy business um, um, that all slowly started to go. Um, I had a house that went um, all of my finances and I ended up joining um, David Hoffmeister in his his community, completely and utterly let go um, of every, all, all worldly things, had no job, had no income. And now that's literally what's happening to me now. And so um, five months ago, I was in the community. I'm still in the community, but I I was there, living there for five years. Mm. And then um, David said to me, he said, it's time now to go out and to share the teachings and to live in divine providence. So this was five months ago he shared this with me. And, of course, as I was talking to him, it sounded like a brilliant idea. It was like, oh, my God, this is incredible. Yeah, he said, yeah, everything will be provided for. You will be taken care of, yeah, and, um, like, God will God will show you the way. Okay, wonderful. As soon as the conversation ended, I thought, oh, my God, what have I signed up for? <laughs> yeah, so I felt like I wasn't ready. I felt nervous. I felt anxious. I'm like, oh, my goodness me, how is this going to plan out? And he paired me up with my friend Anna, and he said, you two will go out together and you will share and you will, you know, learn, learn our lessons. Because ultimately, it's not really about sharing with anybody. It's about learning the lessons that I, that, 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 that I need to learn, to learn that I'm not separate. And so we said, we said yes to that. Um, within a day, our flight uh, money came in to come to Spain from Mexico. Um, within a week, we had 20 invites around um, Spain. And so then off we went. And literally, it's been pray, listen, and follow. And so sometimes we haven't known where we're going. I don't have an income. I actually don't have an income. I don't have anything like that. Um, everything is just being completely and utterly provided for. So here's, a, here's an example of that, right? Anna has, um, it's, it's in the middle of January, and her coat zip breaks. And she says, oh, my God, my coat zip has broken. What do I do? I said, well, we need a miracle. <laughs> yeah. So we go to this group and um, we, do, we, we do a teaching session there, which is very, very beautiful. We have a beautiful experience. Right at the end of the session, the woman who is in the room, um, whose house it is, goes walking out the back, comes walking through and says, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I have this coat and I was taking it to the charity shop tomorrow and I wondered if you wanted it, Anna. And we're like, it's a miracle. 
<laughs> and it's like just showing that like everything completely and utterly provided for. And so for me, really, it's been like this walk of trust. So when we've gone around and we've gone sharing, they say to us, so you don't know where you're going to be staying. You don't know where money is going to come from. You don't know where food's going to come from. And you're completely and utterly trusting in God. Is that right? I said, yeah, that's exactly it. And this is what's been happening. And so, for example, we might be, we'll be at someone's house and they say, where are you going next? We say, we don't know. And they say, well, we, you've got three days here and then um, move on to Jet. Wonderful. So the next day the person says, um, do you know where you're going yet? I said, no, we haven't heard. Are you not nervous? I said, no, we've been doing this all the time. We're just waiting. We're just waiting for the call. We're not doing anything about it. We're just literally in prayer. The next minute, Anna goes, we've got a message. So I go, oh, yeah, what's that then? She goes, there's people, you're not going to believe this, just in the next town that they want to host us and they want to put on a gathering for us. And we go, wonderful. And so then the next step is just completely and utterly given without our effort. So I've been traveling around for five months and like literally I haven't done a thing. I have not organized, we have not organized one gathering. Everything was offered to us. I, all people said to me, they said, have you ever felt fearful of hunger? I said, I've been so taken care of, I haven't even had that thought in my mind. They said, what about a bed? I said, I've had no concern about these thoughts whatsoever. And they said, what about, what about meeting new people? And that's been the beautiful shift in my mind. A lot of these people have messages and we've never, ever met them in our lives. And they said, didn't you feel scared? And I said, no, because I felt like it was completely and utterly given to move in that direction. And so what I could see from doing this trip is it's like really strengthened that trust in my heart, yeah, that everything will be provided. In actual fact, it's all being provided so my mind can rest within the truth and find that quiet center of who I am. And so really that's why everything is happening to say, hey, you're not, um, you are beyond this world, yeah? You are beyond time and space and everything can be orchestrated. So there's no need to concern ourselves with money. There's no need to concern ourselves with whether we're going to sleep. There's no need to concern ourselves with everything when we truly, truly trust that we're going to be taken care of. Yeah, that takes a lot of faith, a lot of courage. I don't think uh, the average mind wouldn't, I mean, I know I can sit here and say for myself, that would take uh, a lot for me to be able to, 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 to do that. So I take my hat off to you. Um, so you, in, you, for clarity, you were in the UK, uh, whatever happened, happened. And then within a few months, you were over in with David. Yeah. And then everything's just took care of itself over the last five months. You've been traveling Spain for five yeah. months and you have not organized anything. You have no. Wow. Not one thing. It was like, it's like following the breadcrumbs, yeah? It's like you go to a house, everyone says, hey, you can come and stay with us. Hey, I know these people. They might put on a gathering. I said, wonderful. Then they speak to the people. The people ring us. So everything has happened like that. Mm. Hey, I've got this house. I want to do a gathering. Sure. We just turn up and we just do it. And they even say to us, they say, how does it, how does it work then? We say, well, what did you want to do? They say, well, um, we feel like this would be a good donation. And we say, yeah, that, sounds, that, that feels good to us. So we literally pray on everything together and we say, yeah, okay, that sounds good. So for example, we were in this house 
And this guy puts on this gathering for us of um, 20 people turn up. And then the next day he says, I've got everybody ringing you, um, ringing, and they want to come and see you. And we said, oh, wonderful. And he goes, but you can't be doing it for free. And I said, oh, can't we? And he says, no. He goes, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to organise it all for you, and I'm going to tell everybody that they need to give you a donation um, for all the one-on-ones. And I will tell them the times when you're available and that, that they can come. Would you like that? I said, okay, then, very good. And so in that sense, we weren't the ones saying, we will do one-on-ones, we will do this. It's just being presented to us. And we say, okay, then, yeah, we will do that. We even turned down gatherings. So, for example, we, 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 we did ones, and our time was getting so booked up. And this person said, I can only get 35 people in the room. Um, I've got another 30 people. Can you come on Tuesday? And we said, it was we could we could have actually done it but it was just like cramming everything in and it was like no we can't do it yeah so in a way it's like not trying we're not trying to make anything in the world so someone said to me (laughs) when i I very first got here they said to me so are you trying to be a, a course in miracles in are you trying to establish yourself as a course in miracles teacher in spain and i said there's nothing here to establish I said, all we're doing is we're just listening and following in the moment and wherever we're led is that's where we're going to be led. But as far as trying to establish something, it's not, it's not really a, a, a question in my mind. Mm. And so it's like, wow, this is completely and utterly outside the box. That in that sense, I don't really, I'm not trying to make something of myself. Admittedly, of course, those ideas will come up. Pride comes up and yeah, yeah, yeah. all of those things. And that's, that's my... That's my job to consistently um, clear that from my mind. I mean, even this came on having the interview with you. Um, I almost didn't do it, actually, because um, I got the message from you, and I looked at your website, and I looked at everything you're doing, and I thought, wow, that's incredible. And then my pride, I just felt this pride, like, oh, wow, I'm going to be seen. And I was like, oh, my God, there it is. So I just prayed, and I just sat with it. I just sat with this pride, you know. Mm. Okay, let it go. And then it was like, okay, do I feel inspired? And it was like, no, it felt like it was coming from inspiration and rather than this bolstering up some sort of ego. So I'm actually grateful that I went through that. So thank you, um, Alex, for that for that healing and showing me where I was still holding on to pride. Well, everybody's everybody's teacher, aren't they? Exactly. We're all helping each other out. So thank you for that. Yeah. Well, teachers is is an interesting topic for me because there's a lot of people who say uh, they're a waste of time and uh, like a formal teacher, but you know, per se. Um, What's your opinion on that? Do you think it's good to sort of devote your attention to one teacher or two teachers, or do you think it's just be completely expansive and open to ideas? I think it's different for everybody. Um, so it's obviously always hard, hard to tell, but I think really when when, when you look when you look at it spirituality, um, the depth of it, like every pathway, every authentic pathway will lead you to yourself. Yeah, and what I found is by mixing pathways, it gets very very confusing for me. Yeah, because like they all have their different nuances, even including in non duality. Yeah, like. Mm-hmm. 
Course in Miracles is a little bit of different than a, a, a Vader Vedanta mm-hmm. and Zen and whatever. There's all sort of different languages and stuff. And for me, I just like things to be simple. And so that's why I like The Course in Miracles, because it's just one book. And it's like, brilliant. I've just got one book to focus on. I've just got one teaching. And this is what I feel sings to my heart. So in that sense, for me, I would encourage people to, yes, first of all, go and explore um, all the different teachings and whatever. Find out what resonates with you and then go deeply into those teachings. And don't try and mix them because then the ego is always going to kind of find comparisons. Ah, this is this is different, and this is this, and this is that, and then that becomes confusing. Whereas if you if you stay in one direction, yeah, that will lead you home. I think it's important as well what you said earlier. Everything's trying to lead you back to the same place, and I, I do struggle with that a little bit myself. I'm, I'm an avid reader and consumer of information. And if, if a Zen teaching said this and um, a Vedanta teaching said this and they were just slightly off, yeah, my mind then tries to uh, conceptualise everything. It tries to pick apart everything. And that isn't serving either of them or me. No, exactly. It's a complete waste of time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah so, so I talk to, um, I have a bit of fun with them, to be honest. I've got some Christian friends and I, I pick, pick at them and everything. I have a good banter with them. And, um, and, and it's fascinating to see how they all read these certain passages mm. and they all see them completely differently. And I look at them symbolically yeah. and these guys are reading them as if it's real, uh, yeah. you know, and I'm going, um, and I'm, and my judgment is you're barking mad, believing that that happened. Whereas that's a judgment call for me. Whereas they're going, you're barking mad, believing, believing that this is a story of the stars and whatever. And I'm thinking, oh God, you know, and we pick fun at each other, which is all in good fun. But I think it, that was uh, the reason I brought that up is because I was going to, you mentioned teachers. Um, I was going to bring up books. Is mm-hmm. Other than A Course in Miracles, is there any books that have sort of changed the direction of your life? Oh, many books. Um, I'd say Autobiography of a Yogi. Mm. Um, Hansa Yogananda was actually how I got into A Course in Miracles. Without that book, I wouldn't have found A Course in Miracles. So because he talked about God in there. And when I got into spirituality, I was pushing away God big time. I did not like that word at all. And then um, autobiography of a yogi was turning up in my life. And it was like, hey, I need to show you a new reinterpretation of God. Because obviously from our um, backgrounds, God is you know, condemning us. And I was like, that's the last thing I need in my life. And when I read Parmahansa Yogananda's book, I was like, he is talking about a different God than what I've been brought up with. He's, he's in love with God. And this God is beautiful. And this is, this is loving. And I was like, this is incredible. And then when um, the Course in Miracles came along and it spoke about God, it was like I was ready to be able to hear that message. And then I could go deeply into that. So that was, a, that was, a, that, that was the stepping stone into the Course in Miracles for me. So, yeah, that's a, that's a beautiful book because it sort of inspires the miracles of his life and how he lived and many, many beautiful experiences to open up the mind to say, wow, there's another way. Um, so that's what, it did, that's what it did for me. And then it was like I found, I found my path in A Course in Miracles. Yeah. 
Yeah, I tend to find that one thing always leads to the other, leads to the other, and Absolutely. with books, yeah, I, I read the yeah. end, and it'll say, and it'll suggest suggested books or something. Then I'll, I'll buy yeah. a couple of those and yeah. get into those, and it'll lead me down this path. But uh, yeah. uh, we've been on this call about an hour now, Kenneth. Have you got any more time, or are we done? Um, but Do you have time? I, I, I've got I've got all the time in the world. I, oh, okay, let's let's go then. Let's just see where we end up then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Right, so let's talk about, it seems to me that what you're saying here with the Course in Miracles stuff, it's radically subjective. Everything's to do with the mind and how that's perceiving reality rather than an objective world out there that uh, is there, if you like. Um, that would, to me, bring up the idea of, uh, let me write them down because I forget them, morality, um, is there such a thing? And uh, the good and evil, because what? who is deciding what is good and what is evil? And then the science, science we'll talk about that later. So let's start with morality. Is there such thing to you as uh, an objective sense of morality? Well, what I would say was, is really, I, lo I like to keep everything simple. Like, my mind is very, very simple. That's good. <laughs> I'm like, okay, how, 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 how do I deal with this, right? And so the Course in Miracles, in a way, for me, is very, very black and white. It's dark, it's darkness, or it's light. It's ego, or it's spirit, yeah? Mm. And so for me, it's like, okay then, right? Really, it's like, all I have to do is focus on the spirit, the truth of what I am, yeah? And so for me... Um, in that sense, it's like um, morals, it's like my behaviours will come from the thoughts, the thoughts will come first and then I will act out um, who, I, who I am from that. So in that sense, it depends on what master you're following. So I don't know whether you've heard, um, it's a Native American story and I love it. And it says... Um, um, the grandfather says, takes out the, the, the daughter and they go walking. And he says, one day, he said, the tribe will be all of yours. And she, he says, but there's one thing I've got to tell you. He said, there is a war going on with inside of yourself. And he said, there are two wolves. One wolf is evil, is destructive, is um, hateful, deceitful. And very, very nasty. And there's another wolf inside of you that is loving, caring, and kind and wants only what is good. Yeah. And um, so the granddaughter turns around and says, So who wins the war then, granddad? And he says, It depends on which wolf you feed. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, profound i have heard that story before and uh so that the good and evil thing there that you've brought up doesn't that bring up an, an inherent duality at that point yeah of course we that, that, that that's where we find ourselves that's where that, that's what we sort of believe we believe in good and bad yeah and that's actually truly not what's happening that's the illusion, as you, as you said, like when we spoke about earlier on, oh, my God, when you broke free, it's like everything's going right. But when mm. we're in duality, there's the good and then there's the bad. 
And so if we broke free once that everything's um, right, then really, like in, in like what you said with Buddhism, it's like to be right-minded, yeah? Mm-hmm. So to come back to that essence of non-duality. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, actual, in actual fact, uh, there, was a be- there was a beautiful experience that, 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 that I had. Um, we, were running a, we were running a group, and um, a friend had, um, had a terrible situation. She shared with us that her, um, her boyfriend had tried to kill her, her ex-boyfriend had tried to kill her, and um, she did a court case and everything like that, and then she, um, afterwards, she completely and utterly forgave him, and she realised that it wasn't true. And... Um, she then said to her family, I've completely forgiven him. And the reflection was, no, don't you dare forgive him for what he did to you. And wherever she went, her friends would say, oh, he's terrible, he did this. But she didn't feel that any longer. And out of the blue, she, find, she finds us. She said she couldn't even be, she doesn't, doesn't even know how she found us. It was through a WhatsApp message. Mm-hmm. And she found us and she came. And she came to the gathering and um, she shared, and then right at the end, she said, but I've, I've completely forgiven him. Is that okay? And I said, of course, yeah, that's, that, 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 that's true. And then she said, so, but I have one more question. She said, if this happened to me, am I evil? And I said, no, you're not evil. And she cried and said, this has changed my life forever. And it's like the ego believes in makes us believe in evil but in actual fact there is no evil and that's where we want to come to that nothing is happening to us in that way it's completely and utterly made up fear is made up that's difficult for the ego to yeah the the average ego to comprehend because uh or to accept rather than comprehend because it needs to maintain that split uh so, so i hear people all the time um I don't know if you know a guy called Mark Passio, but there's a lot of guys who who listen to him. And he talks a lot about, he actually talks about the Course in Miracles as being, I can't remember the phrase, but basically uh, some satanic thing. This guy talks about it as, and says that it's a complete inversion of of truth. Like, And I'm thinking, well, the, the people who have ever gone through a Course in Miracles have always been very, very benign very nice and loving and open and talkative and, and whatever. Yet the people who sort of go through what this guy talks about and, and preaches this philosophy are always very angry at the world and trying to fix everything and always uptight. And I'm thinking, well, reality is showing me something here uh, that, it makes no sense in in like because it, obviously I, I consume these things and I'm thinking yeah that guy is saying some things I understand but looking at how angry the people are who listen to that and then looking how like mellow these people are and how more at peace probably is a better way to put it these people are it makes no sense to look at and listen to that when that's going on does that make sense yeah so yeah yeah I mean I I, I don't know where that where that actually come from based on what you said, to be honest. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, please carry on. Yeah, yeah well, I, I, th- I think it's always just looking at our thoughts around that, you know, because if we're seeing hate and we're just seeing anger, 
outwardly, it's still in our own minds. And that's where we, we can forgive that and we can let that go. Mm. And one of my favorite teachings from A Course in Miracles um, is um, right at the back of the text. And he says about letting go of the body. Yeah. And he says the a simple way of doing that is to want to see the good in everyone. And so that is the key, that whenever you're in relation to someone, to see past the error, to see the good, to see the light in one another, to always consistently see that. And whatever is not that is for my healing. So in that sense, with this guy, it's not really his healing, it's really my healing, mm-hmm. yeah? So if I'm seeing conflict, the conflict is in my own mind, and that's the only place where I can actually heal it. And so I can release that, and then my intention is always to want to see the good within the other. And by wanting to see the good in the other, I will see the good in myself. Mm. Yeah, and you can't really, um, there's not really a debate around that that can be had because it's always back to, it's just, it's your own mind. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and let's talk a little bit about the scientific world. Um They've tried to find matter and objective reality, and they've, they're still struggling to do it. It's, mm-hmm. They can't prove it in any way. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on, I know that it's a bit of a, in a sense, meaningless topic, really, but, <laughs> but, but what do you think about the scientific world right now, um, materialist science, if you like? Because they sort of are the complete opposite, I, I think, to what you're saying, we're dreaming this up. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, for me, I, I, for me, it was like it's when when I followed science, which was a long, long time ago. I don't actually longer. Mm. Um, but for me, it was that uh, that it's always changing. The bar's always changing. Yeah. No, we believe this now. No, we believe that. No, we believe this. And it was like, God, this is really confusing. Like, okay, we've got something concrete now. Okay, it's not concrete. Okay, we've got something concrete. It's not concrete. And from that actual fact, I'm grateful for that because then I was like, but what is true, you know? And so for me, it's like it, it was actually it actually helped me to 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 find this. So in that sense, um, I am grateful for that. And for me, I'm always just looking at what's going to expand the mind, really. What's going to what 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 is going to um, yeah um, create a shift? Mm. So um, yeah, we have like quantum um, physics now, don't we? Which says you know there's the quantum field. Um, Rumi said, "There's a field. I will meet you there." Many mystics, poets have have talked about this. Um, this field of unconditional love, and that's incredible, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's been a beautiful, that's been a beautiful, beautiful pointer to be like, wow, um, like what the bleak do we know movie? I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah. Um, there's been so many um, from that, um, from those, um, uh, what are they called scientists have made um, incredible discoveries um, that there is something um, far greater going on. But it can't be described. I mean, even even Einstein did. Even mm. Einstein did the same thing. Um, he wrote papers, didn't he? And he said, um, he said, "There's um, the world's not ready for this." But um, 
uh, he, he told his daughter not to po post the paper, but everything he said. But there's one force that is controlling the whole the whole universe, and that and that and that um, that force is love. Mm. <laughs> you know, so like he was saying it. So in that way, it is like a a good pointer. Mm -hmm. I think uh, where there may be an issue with it, uh, science in particular, is. Um, you know, like things like depression and, and things like that and anxiety and everything, they simply put it down to a chemical imbalance and things like that. And I think that can be an issue because to me, that's that's a spiritual thing yeah. rather than a chem rather than a, a, a material thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So that, that's where I sort of, uh, with the sciences, that's where I don't take an issue. I don't care that much about it, to be honest. But um, when, when I know people who, who have uh, so-called mental health issues and everything and that the doctors will just say, you take this, take this. And I'm just thinking that's probably not the most uh, yeah. effective and beneficial way of dealing with these issues is to just simply numb it all out. Mm. Yeah. Because we do that anyway, don't we? Exactly. We don't need pills. Yeah. Yeah, we need to see it for what it is. Mm. Kenneth, thank you for your time, mate. Um, oh, my uh, pleasure. I enjoy speaking Sorry. to you. So great to meet you. Thank you so much for your time. It's been a true um, pleasure to uh, talk with you. Thank you for having. Thank you for everything. Yeah, a, a pleasure to have you on. I'll uh, in a, in a few months' time, if you if you're willing, and and you're still travelling with no yeah. money and and uh, no plans, you're more than welcome yeah. to come back on. Oh, I'd love to come back on, Alex. Yeah, great to well, meet you. Can, can, yes, can people um, find you? Anywhere, YouTube or anything, if they want to look more into what you do? Yeah, if you look up in um, Living Miracles um, Worldwide on, on YouTube, you can find me on there. Um, we, we're on Facebook. Um, it's called La Luz in, in Tea. It's um, Spanish. Maybe I, maybe I can send you the details. Yeah, please do. Yeah, yeah. Would that be better? I'll send yeah, you the details do. and then it can go in the link or something. Cool, that's fine. Kenneth, thank you for your time, man. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much, Alex. Bye for now. Thank you. Bye-bye.